0: It's just that it's bugging me. This cool thing. I mean, what is it? How do you get it? Who doesn't have it? And who decides who doesn't have it? What is the essence of cool? Not sure. But you need a thing. One thing nobody else has. What do I have? An exciting new obsession. I know I'm right about this. I'm on the track. Just need to find my thing. And that's from uh, Buffy, the show Buffy. And can you remember back any time in your childhood or your, maybe for me it would be 7th grade or so when you just felt gawky and awkward and you just felt like you didn't fit in. I know I look back at my 7th grade picture and I have everybody else looks normal now of course it's me looking at myself very critically and I've got this dress that it was pleated so when I sat down to have our photo taken it went down to my ankles. so I look like a nun sitting there with this long dress and all the other kids in the class have you know regular knee length dresses or whatnot the girls anyway and uh and I just felt like I didn't fit in I even remember thinking of myself as a wallflower how do you turn that around. And one of the ways to turn that around is not to try to be cool, but to try to value your own life, to discover your own values, to find that one thing, not to become popular or to please other people, but to find that one thing that really uh, it drives you, motivates you, In a way that's healthy. So it's your chosen value. So whether it's a career that you're passionate about, and you'll have things in different areas careers and hobbies and a romantic relationship and good friendships, how do you make those flourish in your life? How do you choose the right friends? That's one of the many topics, or those are some of the many topics that we talk about on my show, The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm Dr. Alan Kenner, a clinical psychologist, and I'm here to take your calls and questions anything going on in your life, and even though it's not therapy, it's an opportunity to get some tips. And right now, I want to welcome Sarah. Sarah, you're trying to find romance after kind of a messy divorce, an abusive divorce?
1: Yes. Um, my name is Sarah. I'm 42 years old, and I'm still married, but I want to divorce and find a better partner. And I have two questions. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family with two very irrational and cold parents who weren't Self-valuing, and who didn't value me. And then my husband is the same kind of person. He's an abusive, and he's the type of man Susan Forward describes, and men who hate women. And um, then I um, bought your book, and I've read it for the third time. And then I fully understood what was going on, how much I was influenced by all this altruist principles. You now how, how I attracted a narcissist, and I would like to leave the past behind me and get over the shame of having lived with an abusive man man for many years and be open to love because before I married this man, an, um, a very kind man asked me out and I couldn't accept it. I was kind of self-sabotaging. And My second question, I've met a man I like and he seems to feel very attracted to me. Um, he is a doctor in a hospital, but we go there only a few times a year, where, because my daughter has a hip problem. Yeah. And when I see him, we always—he holds my hand, and we flirt. And um, I don't—I'm very shy and secure. I don't know how to how to start, how to how to date him, or what I can say. Is he single? I don't know very much about it. Okay. Okay. Because I don't, cause I don't want
0: you to fall anything. into the same trap again. Because sometimes yes. the chemistry can feel like it's there. And as yeah, I know, you said you read the book three times, which is amazing. Very impressed. Um, it, so let me go back to your first uh, two points first mm-hmm. that I want to make in just hearing what you're going through. First, you want to. You want to give yourself credit, you are doing something heroic which is willing to look at your core ideas, your background, and rescue yourself. You are in the process, the early stages of rescuing yourself and so be very good to yourself don't set expectations that you can't make another error you can't um, you can't uh, mess up again because yours was in yours. Getting into that relationship, which you can see now, was an era of knowledge. You did not know what hit you. You were feeling yes. not good coming out of your family of origin. Your parents were not good uh, you know very rocky and i don 't know the details, so you have the graphics to fit to fit in. But if you grow up with what you 're saying are two very irrational parents, and it 's very common that people try to find a partner to that reiterates that feeling. For one they fail at home there it's a horrible home but they feel at home it's familiar and the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know but maybe there are angels out there and I don't mean that religiously obviously Uh, but maybe there are good people out there and of course there are much better people out there the second is you're um, so number one give yourself credit the second is you said you felt shame and that's the point of an error of knowledge I feel ashamed if I deliberately did something wrong to hurt somebody Mm -hmm. that's So shame is uh, guilt in the face of other people. You know, you can privately feel guilty, but when you feel shame, it brings other people looking on at you and your wrongdoing. So I'm not, I don't drink, but let's say I was an alcoholic and I'm messing up my family and I feel shame when I'm around the family. I should feel shame. I've earned that. But for you to feel shame when you're the victim, that's like damning the victim. And I don't think that's fair. And so you want to, if you're rescuing yourself, Sarah, you want to figure out how to be your own best friend. That's the skill in cognitive therapy. How to be very supportive of yourself, to not say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to a very dear friend who's, who went through the same history as you and is uh, trying to rediscover themselves and then rediscover love or discover love for the first time. So that would that's the those are some points there. The next point is credit yourself because you in change is a process. Meaning if I want to oh if I want to change myself if I want to learn Italian just that desire to learn it and open, cracking open a, an Italian uh, book, a workbook, is am I going to know it right away? And this is rhetorical, you know. No, No. it's a process. You know, I'm not going to wake up the Mm -hmm. next morning speaking Italian. Even if I listened to tapes all night long, I wouldn't have picked up anything because I would have been asleep. Uh, But the first stage of change is raising your awareness of the problem, the pattern Mm -hmm. in your life. And you're doing Mm -hmm. that. The next stage is figuring out a specific plan. How do you learn to value yourself? How do you evaluate? Evaluate another person. And just because someone's flirting with you, it's lovely, it feels delicious, but you want to have your eyes opened. What knowledge do you have about this person? And you don't want to jump out of the fire and into the frying pan. I hope I got that one right. Uh, you, You want to... Um, enjoy the flirt- flirtatiousness because you're getting some visibility. You know what I mean by visibility? Mm-hmm. Feeling cared for, cherished, feeling a little special. But you know, we don't know if you are the you are the person that this doctor just kind of admires and loves, or if he does this with every patient. You know that's that sounds creepy to mm-hmm. me but maybe you are very special to him I don't know but you want to rescue yourself first so the fact that you've read the book three times I want to bump that up I don't think you're in the first stages of change I think you're moving along because you have an action mm-hmm. plan you have a goal you know what feeling cherished feels like from having read our book um, I'll just mm-hmm. name it The Selfish Path to Romance How to Love with Passion and Reason I wrote it with Dr. Ed Locke um, uh, and you want to change from being shy and insecure, and that happens over time too, by b- gaining more courage. And you know, and I will tell you, I was a very shy kid. I mentioned seventh grade earlier, uh, when earlier in this segment, I was a very shy kid. I'm not anymore. Changing yourself can be a delicious. It can be fun. It can be scary at times. And it can mm. feel heroic at times. So you want to put yourself in the driver's seat and see, do I like this man? Not, does he like me? Because that would be the old pattern, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, I like him. Mm.
0: And what is it I like about him? Name the specifics. Get more information. Mm. And keep your eyes open. Mm. There may be other people. Yes, that I don't know
1: how to get more information because it's always a short moment. And then what
0: about Googling? What about doing a background check on him? Mm. Uh, You know, nowadays I've Googled uh, someone wanted to rent some property that we owned a while back, and I just Googled their name and found out quite a bit about them. And you Mm. can do the same. And You could ask questions, but I wouldn't keep your mind just focused on him because you want to spread your net a little wider. Listen, the best to Mm. you in romance, and thank you so much for your call. Thanks for your help, Ellen. Bye-bye. When I entered my marriage, I left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore. My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the